not promotion. Many things that have happened in the life of the vagina monologue seem completely surreal and at the same time completely logical. Here are examples. Newspaper headlines. That girl goes down there. Marlo Thomas in the vagina monologues. Mayor's wife talks dirty. Donna Hanover's decision to be in the vagina monologues. Red boas on the front page of six London papers the day after V-Day at the Old Vic. Newsstands in Britain look like the Vagina Sea. TV. Kathy Lee Gifford chants the word vagina with Callista Flockhart and her studio audience on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. David Letterman tries to say vagina, but can't. Barbara Walters confesses on The View that she was embarrassed by the vagina monologues and thought it was strident. She later recants. CNN does a 10-minute special on the vagina monologues and never mentions the word. Dharma and Greg's parents are buying tickets to the vagina monologues on an episode. Vagina occurrences. Glenn Close gets 2,500 people to stand and chant the word cunt. Tova Feldmanstern was denied the right to direct the vagina monologues at her all-girls progressive high school, so she directs it independently. A woman rabbi sends me a hamatosh and describes its vaginal meanings. There is now a cunt workshop at Wesleyan University. A woman brings her uterus to the theater to have me sign it. A young man makes and serves me a vagina salad for dinner with his parents in Atlanta, Georgia. Bean sprouts are pubic hair. Roseanne performs What Does Your Vagina Smell Like in her underwear for 2,000 people. She makes up her own lines, one of them being... What does your vagina smell like? Answer, my husband's face. Alanis Morissette and Audra McDonald sing the cunt piece. Women and men faint during the show. It happens a lot, always at the exact same place in the script. People bring and send objects, vagina products, vagina glass hand sculptors, clit lollipops, vagina puppets, vulva lamps, cone-shaped art pieces. There is a huge vagina cake in London at the V-Day party, and no one can cut it. Hundreds of sophisticated partygoers eat mauve vagina cake with their hands. The clit is auctioned off and Tandy Newton buys it for 200 pounds. The Vagina Monologues opens and is published in over 20 countries, including China and Turkey. V-Day has an impossible time raising money from corporations. Even companies that sell vaginal products refuse to associate with the word. Women call up for tickets to the monologues. Men ask for tickets to the Vagina Chronicles. The punk ticket seller tells women that if they can't say it, they can't come. A young corporate woman bursts into my dressing room to tell me she really isn't dry. It's a lie. Two older Israeli women rush my dressing room in Jerusalem and hug me while I'm naked. They don't even notice. A 70-year-old man in a trance walks into my dressing room unannounced after a show to tell me that he finally got it. Two months later, he brings his girlfriend back with him, and she thanks me. Midwives storm the dressing room to thank me for finally appreciating bodily excretions. A drag queen performs the vagina monologues on closing night. Vagina miracles, sightings, and occurrences. They go on. The greatest miracle, of course, is V-Day. An energy, a movement, a catalyst, a day to end violence toward women. Born out of the vagina monologues. As I traveled with the peace to city after city, country after country, 
Hundreds of women waited after the show to talk to me about their lives. The play had somehow freed up their memories, pain, and desire. Night after night, I heard the same stories. Women being raped as teenagers, in college, as little girls, as elderly women. Women who had finally escaped being beaten to death by their husbands. Women who were terrified to leave. Women who were taken sexually before they were even conscious of sex by their stepfathers, brothers, cousins, uncles, mothers, and fathers. I began to feel insane, as if a door had opened to some underworld and I was being told things I was not supposed to know. Knowing these things was dangerous. Slowly, it dawned on me that nothing was more important than stopping violence toward women. That the desecration of women indicated the failure of human beings to honor and protect life, and that this failing would, if we did not correct it, be the end of us all.